بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له ونشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله ارسل الله تعالى بالحق بشيرا ونذيرا داعيا الى الله باذنه وسراجا منيرا فما بعد فقال تعالى يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن الا وانتم مسلمون وقال يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم اعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما وقال نبينا محمد صلى الله عليه وعلى اله وصحبه وسلم اصدق الحديث كتاب الله وخير الهدي هدي محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وشر الامور محدثاتها وكل محدثه بدع وكل بدعه ضلاله وكل ضلاله في النار my dear respected brothers sisters elders i'm starting a series of khutab today on the rights of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala jalla jalaluhu and the rights of rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wasallam on us I request you for dua that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala should enable me to do justice to this and to be able to speak about this in a way that pleases him and is beneficial for all of you and me inshallah. My brothers and sisters, we are social creatures. We all have different relationships and we understand that every relationship comes with rights and privileges. The rights of a relationship are our duties towards the one that we are related to. the privileges come from being related to that entity for example we are related to our parents and we try to fulfill the rights of our parents on us as a result we have the privilege of using their name getting the benefit of their dua and inheriting from them we are related to the nation as of the nation that we are citizens of since most of us here and most of you are immigrants Let me ask you how you felt when you first got an American passport in your hand. Maybe I mean it was something you applied for obviously but after that maybe you made a lot of dua for this and when you got it in your hand how did you feel? Similar is the case with all our relationships. The basic law about relationship is that the more fundamental the relationship the more important it is. and so it gets precedence over other relationships our relationship with our parents supersedes our relationship with anyone else our relationship to our country where we are citizens supersedes our relationship to another country that we may be living in at the time what then about the two most fundamental relationships that we have <clears throat> which are not only primordial and foundational but which are the only two which will transcend death and remain with us when we leave this life for the hereafter what are those relationships and what are their rights and what are our privileges from acknowledging fulfilling the rights and being faithful to those relationships these two fundamental relationships are our relationship with allah subhanahu wa ta'ala jalla jalaluhu and with his messenger muhammad sallallahu alaihi wa alihi wasallam these two are unlike 
any other relationship because of what we owe them and the privileges that these relationships bestow on us. And so fulfilling those rights must be our highest priority. With this context, let me ask you and myself a question. What happens when we hear the name Allah? I say this because before we can start talking about the rights of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on us, we must first ask if we know and recognize Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala jalla jalla To be concerned about fulfilling the rights of someone, we must first love them. To love someone, we must first know them. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, A'udhu billahi minash shaitanir rajeem, Bismillahir rahmanir rahim, Innama al-mu'minuna al-ladhina idha dhukira Allahu wajilat qulubuhum, wa idha tuliyat alayhim ayatuhu zadatuhum imana, wa ala rabbihim yatawakkalun. In Surah Al-Anfal, Allah said, which means, the believers are only those. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is giving us a criterion to describe, to define. He said the believers are only those who when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is mentioned before them, their hearts shiver with the awe and glory and majesty of Allah. And his ayat, the tilawat of the Quran, when these ayat are recited before them, these ayat increase their faith and they put their trust in their Rabb alone. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala jalla jalalhu called a responsive heart the sign of belief. The question I ask myself and I request you to ask yourself is do we have it? Do we have responsive hearts? It's essential to check this and to repair our connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because one day we will meet him. We must reflect on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's attributes, on his sifat and his mercy and his blessings and express our thanks to them, to him, to build our connection with him Jalla Jalalu. Only then will it become clear why we must fulfill his rights before we do anything else. It is only when the glory and magnificence of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala permeates our hearts that the darkness of the world and all that it promises or threatens us with will be dispelled. Our hearts will be illuminated by the khashyat of Allah, by his awe and his magnificence, which is a light that transcends this life and will be with us in our graves, inshallah, and will be with us on the day when we need it the most, the day of judgment. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala introduced himself and described himself as only he can do. Allahu la ilaha illa huwa al-hayyu al-qayyum La ta'khuduhu sinatun wa la nawm Lahu ma fi samawati wa ma fi al-ard Man dha alladhi yashfa'u indahu illa bi-idhnih Ya'alamu ma bayna aydihim wa ma khalfahum وَلَا يُحِيطُونَ بِشَيْءٍ مِّنْ عِلْمِهِ إِلَّا بِمَا شَاءٍ وَسِعَا كُرْسِيُهُ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ وَلَا يَعُودُهُ حِبْزُهُمَا وَهُوَ الْعَلِيُّ الْعَظِيمُ 
الله أكبر الله أكبر لا إله إلا الله والله أكبر الله أكبر ولله الحمد هو الله الذي لا إله إلا هو عالم الغيب والشهادة هو الرحمن الرحيم هو الله الذي لا إله إلا هو الملك القدوس السلام المؤمن المؤمن العزيز الجبار المتكبر سبحان الله سبحان الله عما يشركون هو الله الخالق البارئ المسبر له الأسماء الحسنى يسبح له ما في السماوات والأرض وهو العزيز الحكيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم قل هو الله أحد الله الصمد لم يلد ولم يولد ولم يكن له كفوا أحد I know that you know all these ayat and I know you know, you know the meanings. So I'm not going to repeat, to narrate the meanings here. Let's reflect on every word of these ayat. And by reflect, I mean seriously sit down and think about it. And see what our connection with is with Allah. What happened to us when we hear these ayat? It's not a matter of the recitation, whether it was nice or it was not nice or the question is the kalam of Allah. Jalla Jalalu. The tragedy is we even listen to the Quran like we listen to a song or a tune. When we say somebody's recitation is good, what are we saying? We are saying either the tune is good, pleasing, or maybe if you know enough tajweed, the tajweed is correct. Who cares? Who cares? The one who recited it did not recite for your certificate. What we should check is, if the recitation is good means that it changed my heart. Otherwise, it's a worthless recitation. What's the point? People listened to the best recitation that could ever have existed, which was the recitation of the Quran by Rasulullah on whom it was revealed and it did nothing to them. It did nothing to them. It's not a matter of who's reciting. Nobody in the world can recite better than Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa Yet, on some people it had no effect, zero effect. We need to ask ourselves, what is the effect of the kalam of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on my heart? My brothers and sisters, we also recognize Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the ayat, in his signs around us. We recognize Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the pulsating lights of the aurora borealis, what are called the northern lights, testimony to the magnetic shield that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala placed to burn off solar flares and debris without which our planet would simply go up in flames. We recognize Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through the call of the blue whale which calls off the coast of California and is heard across the vast Pacific off the coast of Japan.
we recognize allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the longevity of the great basin bristle cone pine which has lived 5000 years and is still living this means that this tree was over 1000 years old when ibrahim alayhi salam was building the kaaba we recognize allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the way elephant herds communicate across the african felt across hundreds of kilometers of savanna out of sight with the communicate we recognize allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the communication of acacia trees which warn other acacia trees miles away that antelopes kudu and nyala and others are browsing on them so that they can secrete toxic bitter oils in their leaves to prevent them from being eaten we recognize allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the kaleidoscopic pulsating colors of the dorado which turns to a dull gray as soon as it dies and in the tail dance of the black marlin when he bites off the dorado just behind the head and dances completely out of the ocean to thumb its nose at us to say you wanted to catch me keep the hook i got the rest of the fish we recognize allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the power of the black marlin which can do 80 miles an hour through the ocean we recognize allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as you sit in the hot sun on your boat in the mozambique current in the indian ocean the color of ink the color of ink and we remember what allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said قل لو كان البحر مدادا لكلمات ربي لنفد البحر قبل ان تنفد كلمات ربي ولو جئنا بمثله مددا الله سبحانه وتعالى said in surah al-kahf which we read every friday say o muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wasallam to all of mankind if the sea were ink to write the words of my rabb the words of my rabb would surely not be finished even if another sea likewise was brought to aid that we remember allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and what he reminded us about and beg him to make us among his thankful slaves he said wa ataakum min kulli ma sa'altumuh wa in ta'uddu ni'matallahi la tuhsuha inna linsana lazalumun kaffar He said which means and he gave you all that you asked for and if you count the blessings of Allah never will you be able to count them Barili man is indeed an extreme wrongdoer and a disbeliever And finally we recognize Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the covid-19 virus something that is microscopic and which I'm not even sure whether they can call it a living thing or not brought the world to its knees where we still remain after 2 years we ask allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for relief we also recognize allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the knowledge that he gave to the scientists and the epidemiologists and others who developed vaccines to combat the virus vaccines which have proved their effectiveness many times over i advise my brothers and sisters to get vaccinated wear k95 masks the others are no good cloth masks surgical masks 
Just today, this morning, I read a study which I sent to the board group and so on and so forth. They say that through a cloth mask or a surgical mask, the Omicron virus will get to you in two minutes. With a K95, it takes three and a half hours. Hopefully, by then you are out of the place where whoever had the virus had it. So get rid of all these, just wear these K95 masks. Wash hands and stay at least six feet apart. Don't shake hands, don't hug. To do otherwise is not a sign of your masculinity or your bravery or your iman. What it indicates is something that I don't want to mention now in the Jummah Khutbah. Please remember that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent us to benefit people, not to harm them or ourselves by our irresponsible behavior. I remind you and myself that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the creator and sustainer of the universe. He is the Almighty who created everything with absolute wisdom. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who initiated everything, every being from nothing. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told us about our duty and reminded us about our privilege. To live our purpose is to live a life which is worthy. To get distracted and spend our time chasing the dunya is unworthy. أقول قولي هذا استغفر الله لي ولكم ولسائر المسلمين فاستغفروه إنه هو الغفور الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين محمد رسول الله صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا فما بعد فقال تعالى إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل محمد كما صليت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد اللهم بارك على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما باركت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد. My brothers and sisters, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala reminded us about our the purpose of our creation. He said, وما خلقت الجن والإنس إلا ليعبدون ما أريد منهم من رزق وما أريد أن يطعمون إن الله هو الرزاق ذو القوة المتين. In Surah Al-Dariyat, which means Allah said, and I created not the jinn and humans. Except that they should worship me. I do not seek any provision from them. Nor do I ask that they should feed me. Or themselves or, the, or my creatures. Verily, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the all provider, the owner of power and the strongest. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows what happens to us when we are reminded about the purpose of our creation. Shaitan frightens us with poverty and starvation. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala warned us about this and comforted us and reminded us about his own power and glory and majesty. We must reflect on these things, not merely recite them. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, As-shaytanu ya'idukum al-faqra wa ya'murukum bil-fahshaa wallahu ya'idukum maghfiratan minhu wa fadlah wallahu wasi'un alim Allah said, which means, shaytan threatens you with poverty and orders you to commit evil deeds. Whereas Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala promise you, promises you forgiveness from himself and bounty. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is all sufficient for his creatures needs and the all knower. I remind myself and you that in Islam, ibadah or worship 
is any action that we do with the intention of pleasing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and seeking reward from Him. Earning halal sustenance with the intention of pleasing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is ibadah inshallah. The key is to decide based on one criterion alone. Does it please Allah? That's it. One criterion. Does it please Allah? Islam is that simple. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala orders us only to do what we can do. When he told us that he created us for his worship, then we must understand that it is possible to live our lives in complete obedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, which is worship. The sunnah of Rasulullah is the method by which our life can become ibadah. I remind myself and you that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told us what he created us for and promised to take care of all our needs. So what should be our focus? What should be our priority? What should be the criterion of all our decision making? And that is the rida of Allah, the pleasure of Allah. Every decision of ours must be based on this one question. Does it please Allah? If it pleases Allah, we do it. If it does not please Allah, we don't do it. If we don't know, we find out. To give you an indicator or a diagnostic tool, our dua is the best indication of what is important to us. Reflect on the dua that most of us make. For example, you might say, oh Allah, grow my business. Give me promotions in my job. Grow my career. Increase my sustenance. It's not haram to make this dua. Alhamdulillah, we can make this dua. But what if the, instead of this, what if we said, Oh Allah, guide me and help me to ensure that my business is free from everything which displeases you and increase my charity. Right? Same thing. Oh Allah, instead of saying, Oh Allah, give me more money, give me more this, more that. We say, Oh Allah, guide me to ensure that my business, my job, whatever I'm doing to earn sustenance is free from your disobedience and increase my charity. Instead of monitoring our income, if we monitor our charity, how would it change our lives? Just think about that. How much charity did I give last year? How much, am I going to, how much will I give this year? Instead of monitoring income, you're monitoring charity. Which is what? Which is your income in the Akhirah? Because charity doesn't go. Charity, charity is going to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And he promised reward. So instead of monitoring our income, if we monitored our charity, how do you think it will change our lives? My brothers and sisters, if we make this kind of dua, do you think it will deprive you of your worldly wealth and your comfort? Try it and see. Try it and see. Make this dua. Oh Allah, guide me to ensure that everything I do in my work is free from your disobedience, is completely halal. Anything which is doubtful, remove it. And do that, actually do that. Change what you're doing. And then say, Oh Allah, increase my charity and work on it. And then tell me if you become poorer. Because if you become poorer, then what Rasulullah said is wrong. Because he said, charity does not decrease wealth. 
He said, when you are in financial difficulty, give charity. Eh? When you are in financial difficulty, you already don't have enough money. He's saying, give, 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 give some more. Give charity. So ask yourself, either whatever is working in our heads, whatever the source of that, either that is true or the Nabi of Allah is true. Let's decide. I always keep saying, let us make these fundamental decisions in our lives and your life will be stress-free. You will never worry again in your life. Because the fundamentals, you have made them clear. My brothers and sisters, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned to us what kind of dua people make. فَمِنَ النَّاسِ مَنْ يَقُولُ رَبَّنَا آتِنَا فِي الدُّنْيَا Only that much. And Allah said, وَمَا لَهُ فِي الْآخِرَةِ مِنْ خَلَقٍ وَمِنْهُمْ مَنْ يَقُولُ رَبَّنَا آتِنَا فِي الدُّنْيَا حَسَنَةً وَفِي الْآخِرَةِ حَسَنَةً وَقِنَا عَذَابَ النَّارِ أُولَئِكَ لَهُمْ نَصِيبٌ مِمَّا كَسَبُوا وَاللَّهُ سَرِيُّ الْحِسَابِ Allah said, but of mankind there are some who say, O our Rabb, give us your bounties in this world. And Allah said, for them there is no portion in the hereafter. And of them there are those who say, O our Rabb, give us in this world that which is good. And give us in the hereafter that which is good. And save us from the torment of the fire. For them there will be allotted a share for what they earned. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is swift in reckoning. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told us what should be our primary focus. وَأْمُرْ أَهْلَكَ بِالصَّلَاةِ وَاسْطَبِرْ عَلَيْهَا لَا نَسْأَلُكَ رِزْقَةً نَحْنُ نَرْزُقُكَ وَالْآقِبَةُ لِلتَّقْوَى Allah said and enjoin and Order your family to establish salah. Enjoin salah on your family and be patient in establishing of salah. We do not ask you for provision. We provide for you. And the good end is for the muttaqoon. I remind you and myself once again that every relationship comes with rights and privileges. What is Allah's right and what is our privilege? Narrated Mu'ad bin Jabal radiallahu anhu. And it's a beautiful hadith. It is in Tirmidhi and in uh, Muslim and in Bukhari. The version in Muslim is very beautiful. Mu'ad bin Jabal radiallahu anhu said, I was riding behind Rasulullah on his mount. And the only thing between me and the Prophet was the back of the saddle. So on the same mount, same camel or whatever it was, the two of them were riding. Mahat bin Jawal was a young boy at the, at the time. He said, Rasulullah Sallallahu said to me, Ya Mahat. And Mahat bin Jawal said, Ya Rasulullah, I'm here. Then he said again, Ya Mahat. He said, Ya Rasulullah, I'm here. Then he said, Ya Mahat. Third time, he said, Ya Rasulullah, I'm here. And then Rasulullah said to him, Do you know what Allah's right upon his slave is? And Mahat bin Jabal said, Ya Rasulullah, Allah and his Rasul know best. And Rasulullah said, The right of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on his slave is that he should worship Allah alone and not join anyone in worship with him. And he said, We went for a few minutes more. And then he said, Ya Mahat, and he said, Ya Rasulullah, I'm here. He said, do you know what is the right of the slaves on his Rabb? On their Rabb? 
Muad radiallahu anhu said, Ya Rasulullah, Allah and His Nabi know best. Rasulullah said, The right of the slave on his rub is that he should not be punished if he does this. If he worships Allah alone without ascribing any partners. My brothers and sisters, the biggest need, our biggest need, is not health, it is not wealth, it is not money, it is not air, it is not water, it is not food, it is not children, it is not family, it is not spouse, nothing. Our biggest need is maghfirah, is the forgiveness of Allah. Whatever may have been our state in this world, with money, with power, with health or without, with, without, without any of these things, whatever be our situation, if we reach Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and we are forgiven, alhamdulillah, we are successful forever and ever. I ask this for all of you, inshallah. And may Allah protect us from this. If it is the opposite, we had everything this world could offer. Everything. All you can imagine and all you can't imagine. Everything. But when we reach Allah, we do not have the forgiveness of Allah. Then all of this will be sawdust in the mouth. Worthless. I want to conclude by listing the rights of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on us and we will talk about them in detail in the coming weeks inshallah. There are five rights that the ulama have uh, described. One is believing that none has the right to be worshipped than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. La ilaha illallah. Two is to fulfill that by ibadah, by worshipping Allah alone. Number three is shukr, is gratitude and thanks for his blessings. Number four is having fear and hope only from Allah. And number five is to love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala more than anyone or anything else. Final words for words of advice from Sufyan ibn Uyayna, who was one of the great Tabatawin scholars and a contemporary of Sufyan al-Thawri and Abdullah bin Mubarak and he was an imam of the haram in Makkah. He said, كان العلماء فيما ماضي يكتب بعدهم إلى بعد هؤلاء الكلمات من عمل لآخرته كفاه الله الدنيا ومن أصلح ما بينه وبين الله كفاه الله الناس ومن أصلح سريرته أصلح الله علانيته he said the scholars of the past used to write to one another with the following words of advice. Whoever works for his akhirah, Allah will take care of his dunya. Whoever corrects what is between himself and Allah, Allah will correct what is between him and the people. And whosoever corrects his internal affairs, purifies his heart, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will correct for him his affairs in the world. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala jalla jalaluhu to make us his obedient and grateful slaves and to be pleased with us and never to be displeased. Rabbana faqfir lana dhunubana wa kaffir anna sayyatina wa tawaffana ma'al abrar. Rabbana atina fi dunya hasanatum wa fi l'akhirati hasanatum wa kina azab al-nar. Ya hayu alladhi la yamut. Ya hayu alladhi la yamut. Ya hayu alladhi la yamut. Allahumma rahmataka arju. Fala takilna ila anfusana tarfata ayn. أصلح لنا شأننا كل لا إله إلا أنت آمين يا رب العالمين يا عباد الله رحمكم الله إن الله يأمر بالعدل والإحسان وإيتاء القربى وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والبغي يعزكم لعلكم تذكرون اذكروا الله يذكركم عدوا يستجيب لكم ولا ذكر الله أكبر
اللہ علم و مات اسنو